beautiful song. Thank you. Uh, journey. That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Journey. Peter's journey. In today's scripture passage, we heard about how Peter first met Jesus in a meaningful way. His life was changed completely by meeting Jesus. It is a wonderful story of conversion. He was a changed man. And later Jesus gave him, Simon, uh, the new name, Petros, Peter, Rock. You know, names are important. They tell us who we are and they give us our identity. But Simon was nothing like Petros, nothing like rock. He was flimsy, emotional, impulsive, and capricious. He was everything but not rock. Not at all. He wasn't solid. He didn't have that solid personality. He didn't think about consequences before he spoke. A lot of times he didn't even know what he was talking about. He said, I'll never deny you, Jesus. I'll never desert you. He even compared himself with others, other disciples, and even if they all desert, uh, desert you, I will never do that. And he denied Jesus. Not once, three times. He didn't know what he was talking about, even when he was talking about. Knowing all that, Jesus still gave him the new name, Petros. Rock. That wasn't who Simon was, but that was who Simon would be. Indeed, he became the rock. On him, church is founded. Today's story was the beginning of that journey. Journey. Even after this incident, he, he was not still like rock. But it, this was the beginning of that journey to become like rock. For Peter, it was a journey of change. In that sense, it's great. I mean, I, I, I see that there's a life that doesn't change, always same. You know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, and then later, it's, it's the same. There's no, uh, I mean, circumstantial uh, changes uh, will be there, but uh, as a person, they're the same old person. But there's also life that is changing continuously, constantly. 10 years ago, be, uh, 20 years ago, you, that person becomes a new person every year. There is a life that doesn't change and a life there, uh, that, uh, that there is change. And Peter's life was like life of change. Tremendous change. That journey of change. He 
found his life. He found what he wanted in life. He found what was important in life. Finding what is important in life, I think that's utterly important. Without knowing it, life doesn't become meaningful. Finding what is important in my life, that's what we all should do. Life is so precious and beautiful. We cannot waste it away. Every minute of it, we have to cherish it because we have no time to waste it. Life is short, but it's beautiful and precious. So every moment, we have to cherish it, knowing what is important in life. We cannot just follow other people. Oh, because they do it, I just do it. No, life is too precious to do that. I have to find my own life instead of just following what they're doing. They don't validate my life. They don't tell me what is important, what is meaningful to me. Nobody can tell me what is meaningful to me. This is something that I have to find, what is important and meaningful to me, and I have to live that life. What I found, I have to live. The problem is it's really, really hard to know. It is really, really hard to know what is really important to us. How do we know what is important to us? We are shaped and molded uh, by environment in a significant way. If you're born in a religious family and the people around you are very religious, then being religious becomes very important to you. You find meaning in being religious. But if you're born in a musical family and everybody's uh, 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 achieved uh, uh, musicians and they uh, write music and they appreciate music and they talk about music all the time, then if you grew up in that uh, uh, family, then music becomes very important to you and that you want to do well. If you're born in an academic family where wherever they gather together, they talk about books and they talk about issues in society and all that stuff, uh, then being well-versed and uh, having good knowledge becomes important to you. So what is important and meaningful to us is very much influenced by our circumstances. So in that sense, creating a good environment for your children is utterly important. It's a very, it's a crucial, very important. In a good environment, the, our children will learn what is important and what is meaningful in life and what is value of life. A few weeks ago when we had a family gathering, 
Joshua brought Nolan to me and then tell 할아버지, tell 할아버지, grandpa, tell, tell what you learned uh, in vacation, uh, when we had vacation. Two things that you learned uh, when you had a vacation. And Nolan said, yeah, be grateful and be generous. And that's what he said. That's how they learn what is important in life. That's how you learn value of life. Peter grew up in a fishing family. Fishing was the most important thing for Peter. That was his value, his goal, and what gave him meaning. There was a John and James, uh, uh, Zebedee's uh, uh, sons. Uh, they were partners. Probably they had this business, not just fishing, but fishing business or something like company. And they wanted to grow it and build it. He had no reason to think about anything else. That was his value. That was what was important to him. Yes, my friends, our environment is very important. It helps us what is important to us. And it shapes us who we become. But at the same time, on the other hand, our environment can limit us. It can shape us so powerfully that it doesn't allow us to see anything beyond that. It is so important, so, it has shaped us so uh, powerfully that we just get buried in it. It becomes a walls around us. So we feel safe, but it became walls, and so we cannot, can never go beyond those walls. So this environment can be devastating sometimes. It can limit us, and we cannot go beyond our small world that we know. We are very familiar with, with that environment that we cannot go beyond this small world. So to your children, you don't just create good environment, but also at the same time, you should provide them with an opportunity to search for their own life, finding their own meaning. We should do that. That's a good parenting, I believe. Yes, of course, you have responsibility to give good environment, but always challenge them to go beyond. Don't let those environments suffocate them, limit them, and blind them so that they cannot see beyond what they see and what they know. There is life that we can teach and there is a life that they have to learn on their own. You have to realize that. There's a life that you can teach your children, but there is a life that they have to learn on their own. There is life that is given to us. 
We have no choice for that. It is given. It's givenness of life. It is given to us. We didn't choose what parents, what kind of parents we will have. I'm sorry, Josh. But <laughs> it's a given. You cannot do anything about it, whether you like it or not. We didn't choose to be born in a certain family, like religious family, musical family, academic family, or an immigrant family. We didn't have choice. We were just born in that family. So there is a life that is given to us. But there is life that we are drawn to. Life that attracts us. There is a life that is revealed to us. There is life that knocks at our door out of nowhere. There is life that shapes the direction of our life. Some people may call it destiny. I want to call it calling. Calling from God. That was what happened to Peter. Fishing was very important to him, but he realized that there was something bigger than fishing. That's what today's story shows us. Peter realized there, was, there is something bigger than fishing. When he caught so many fish with Jesus' help, he didn't see fish. He saw something else, not fish. Most of us will see fish, but he saw something else, not fish. This is what he said. I am a sinful man. After catching so many fish, very odd response. The typical response would be, wow, wonderful. You made my day. Thank you, Jesus. That's a typical response. But Peter, after catching so many fish, he said, I am a sinful man. Was he reminded of a particular sin at that time that he committed on that day, maybe? Or was he sorry for questioning Jesus when he told him to let down his nets into the deep water? You know, I was uh, kind of reminded of uh, uh, James Lee uh, at this passage. Come on, Moksanim. I'm a professional fisherman. I caught nothing all night on that. Are you telling me to put your net, uh, put the net in the uh, water? I just washed them. Was he sorry about his uh, kind of rebellious questioning to Jesus? I don't think so. It was not because of a particular sin that he committed. His eyes were open to the larger world. He saw how small he was. He realized that 
I was nothing but a dust. But I mistakenly thought that I knew it all. I thought I knew life. I didn't even know that there was bigger things in life than what I saw and what I experienced. And I've all lived all my life not knowing that. Because he discovered something new that moment. That's why all he could think was, I'm a sinful man. What kind of life have I lived all this time? Jesus showed him life was much bigger than you know, Peter. Life is much bigger than that. Don't think that what you see, what you experience, and what you know is everything about life. Life is bigger than that. Peter, uh, Jesus showed him that. Jesus didn't show him fish. Jesus showed him the mystery and miracle of life. I hope that we all find and discover that part in life. Life is much bigger than what we see and what we know. When we find that we find eternal life. If you don't find that, it's hard to know eternal life. So many times we are trapped in our own small world. Our thinking has become so conditioned that we cannot think otherwise. So conditioned. Like Moses, who am I? Am I just broken man? You want me to go and go to Egypt and to do that? And you know, bring them out of Egypt, fighting the, the professionally trained soldiers? That's a miracle. I can't do that. I'm a just broken man. So many, so often, we are limiting ourselves. You know what? We are the greatest enemy to ourselves. Have you ever thought that? You are the greatest enemy to yourself. You are the greatest enemy that blocks your growth. That blinds you. We doubt about ourselves. We have an incapacitating attitude. Jeremiah did the same thing. Maybe it's a human nature. God called him to be a great prophet. This is what he said. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Wonderful declaration. You know what Jeremiah's response was? Then I said, Ah, oh, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. I am 
only a boy. That was how he saw himself. He was limiting himself. He had doubt about himself. He was the greatest enemy to himself. To Jeremiah's response, God uh, responded this way. Do not say, I'm only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. Very different way of looking at Jeremiah. The way Jeremiah saw himself was very, very different from the way God saw Jeremiah. Have you ever realized that? The way you see yourself is very, very different from the way God sees you. That was what Jesus said to Peter. Don't say that you are only a fisherman. You are more than a fisherman. This is what Jesus said. Do not be afraid. Same thing with uh, uh, God to Jeremiah. Do not be afraid. In other words, do not limit yourself within yourself because of fear. Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. What does it mean to catch people? Last week, we reflected on love. And the week before, we reflected that the greatest gift is each other. What remains eternally is not how great we are but how much we care about each other. That remains forever. It has eternal value. Catching people is exactly that. Caring about others. Leaving a positive impact on people's lives is the most important thing When we go to a funeral, we hear eulogy. We often hear from the eulogy that how that person impacted their lives. At So Young Kim's funeral, Inha did the eulogy, beautiful eulogy. I told him, do you, do you want to change your job, maybe a career, become a minister? <laughs> and he said, no. <laughs> He said, remembering his sister, he says, she taught me how to live. Today's story is not about giving up your career. Today's story is about making profound impact on people. How many people I influence is not important. We may just feel good, but that's not what's important. Even if you have a profound impact on one person, your life is worth living. We can 
if we can have positive impact on each other, we are living a worth life that is worth living. My friends, life is bigger than fishing. Life is bigger than success. Life is bigger than money. Life is bigger than degree. Life is bigger than anything else. Life is about caring about each other, for each other. And in that, there is beauty and meaning hidden. Don't stop pursuing what is important in life. Seek. You'll find. Knock. The door will be open. Don't live a life that doesn't do any changes. Live a life that is changing continuously. Your eyes become brighter and brighter and you see something wonderful in life. That's the meaning of life. And when you seek it, God will show you. When you knock it, God will open the door for you. And your life will be very, very much so. And you'll find true joy in life. Let us sing together.